In the world of Array, fireside tales were told, passed down generations to the young from the old. Of the magical realm, a plane ruled by seasons, ever-changing, ethereal, and maddeningly beautiful. This was the world of the Fae, or the Feywild as it came to be known. And this is where Shift's story begins. In the woods of the spring, where life is lighter and less unpleasant Fae tend to dwell, your parents, Shift's parents, have hidden their child, but he's not yet known as Shift. It's a happy life, and the light here is, is always full of pinks and whites and drifting flower petals. And this is only the second time you've been here to the season of spring, because you guys drift around a lot. But you and your father are doing kind of a morning routine. He likes to ask you riddles in the morning before the chores start. And you're sitting on a stump, waiting for your mother to serve you breakfast. Now your father is sitting before you. He's a eladrin-looking man with long, golden hair, bright gold eyes. Uh, he always looks like he's tanned, very handsome. And he looks to you and he said, Sersha. Yes, father? What breaks but never falls? What breaks but never falls? Breaks but never falls. He begins eating an apple as you contemplate his riddle. Well, father, my first thought was a river, but they can end in a waterfall. Yes, that is correct. It is not a river. Try again. Hmm. Well, it is in the morning, and I am fairly hungry, so this may be just my stomach talking, but are you talking about breakfast? Uh, as you say breakfast, your mother actually exits from the little lean-to shelter that you guys have built, and she chuckles. <laughs> She's holding, like, bread and cheese and simple things like fruits, um, and she kind of displays them very prettily in front of you and says, it's absolutely not breakfast. Has your father told you another riddle again? <laughs> ah, of course. It's the only way to start the day. <laughs> she uh, is like a blue-skinned eladrin. She has, um, like, silvery white hair and very fiercely blue eyes. But she's got a very warm smile and her cheeks look a little flushed. And she she puts her hands on her hips as she looks at her husband and says... Why do you always torment our boy? And he says, Well, as you know, I have to train him to outwit even the wittiest. Nonsense, mother. I enjoy these riddles. You know that. And she just kind of smiles affectionately at you, says, Okay, well, I'll let you boys be boys then. And wanders back inside to start doing, you know, her morning routine. And your father turns to you and says, Well, any other guesses? Hmm. Ah. <sighs> It may be because I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. I was too mesmerized by the beauty of the night around me, but my brain can't seem to wrap around the concept. I... Do you give up? Is it spirit? No, but that's a good guess. Hmm. I think that's my third guess, Father. I. It is your I... third guess, and he taps you gently on the forehead, and he says, Dawn. Oh. Of course. <laughs> of course. I'm going to have to remember that one. Then he says, today we have sword training. Ah. Uh, and I'm going to teach you how to tie some new knots. Ooh. But before that, I think your mother needed you to get water by the river. Of course. And uh, he kind of gestures to the bucket beside the, the lean-to uh, and says, I entrust this to you. I know that you're handy enough with your knife if you need to be, and uh, just be wary. But there aren't much here that would want to harm us. This is a this is a good place. We may stay here a while yet. You've always had an eye for the peaceful environments. I do try, son. And so I assume Sersha goes to go about this task. What does Sersha look like as he begins to wander into the forest carrying the bucket for water? Ah, uh, yes. So as he uh, rises to move, he grabs his uh, cloak from his side, which he, he never leaves anywhere is always right next to him the cloak is uh like a square pa made of a multiple square patches stitched together and they're all different colors to represent uh each season so you have red patches for for summer you have green patches for for spring orange for fall and then you have blue for for winter 
um, and sewn within uh, not all of the patches, but a couple of a few of the patches as the uh, as the cloak has kind of evolved over time is uh, specific symbols that represent those seasons. So, um, you know, for like fall, it will be like a leaf or for summer, it would be like the sun. Very simple depictions of these symbols, but to the point where people would just immediately pick up on what they're supposed to be representing. Mm. Um, as far as his, uh, what he's wearing underneath, just very simple uh, clothing, actually kind of makeshift from the environment around him, you know, like mostly earth, nature, leaf based, like clothing that he's kind of his his mother and father have kind of taught him to uh, to create using his environment. So you can see just a bunch of like leaves and stuff. So like kind of like placed adhesed together in some fashions to cover up uh, the more sensitive bits. <laughs> but yeah, so he uh, that's what he's wearing right now. And then as far as him, uh, he is, uh, as you already mentioned, an Aladrin, which means that uh, he his physical features change based on what season he's currently in. Um, but because of his upbringing and how his parents have always cared for him, he has never chosen to ever change the season that he's been a part of, which is spring. Because to him, spring is the most important of the seasons because it represents uh, life and growth and love and happiness. Um, and that's all that he's ever felt due to the kindness and uh, of his parents. So he's never uh, been inclined to ever change his, his, his uh, form. So right now as a spring Eladrin, he is green, green skin, green hair, green eyes. Um, and you can see some of the foliage uh, that you would immediately, maybe immediately assume was a part of his attire at first is actually growing out of his, his skin. So he has little bits of like, um, like kind of greenery and, and um, shrubbery kind of growing out of, of his actual skin. That's beautiful. That's really sweet. So Sersha wanders into the woods. You can hear, you know, you're not very far from the brook that your father mentioned to retrieve water. Your parents are pretty uh, resourceful that way, where they, they want to be close to what they need to survive. And conveniently, usually animals, you know, uh, small animals would also live around here. So if you needed to hunt, you could, because they also need the water. Uh, give me a perception check. Okay. And... Wow. Um, okay, listen, I know you weren't able to actually see me roll the dice, but I promise yeah. you I'm not cheating. That, the first roll was, an, uh, was a crit. Ooh, not <laughs> 20 out of the gate. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Sersha's ready for action. Yeah. So Sersha immediately hears the voice of a young woman singing to herself ahead. Huh. She's singing in a language that you don't know, mm. but you're not unfamiliar with. You've heard your parents speak this language, but you've never been able to speak it yourself. Beautiful. Uh, Sersha's just kind of compelled to approach okay. uh, the singing. Uh, Sersha's always been, again, because of his upbringing, has always been attracted to or curious about things of great beauty uh, because mm -hmm. of where he's been brought up and where he lives in the Feywild. Mm -hmm. there's, everything's just so, there's just such an overabundance of beauty that uh, Sersha kind of has made it a point to investigate and kind of feed his curiosity in that regard. So the, the song has compelled him to kind of approach. Okay. Do you approach stealthily or do you just approach? I believe he's trying to be as quiet as possible because he does not want to break the song. The song okay. is You don't want to interrupt the singer. Right. Okay. Yeah. So give me a, a stealth check to see how well that goes. Okay. Ooh, not, that's, not so good that time. Um, that's a two plus four. That's a six. So Sersha's trying to be very stealthy, but he's still very young and he is extremely enraptured by the song that he hears. Mm -hmm. And as he's trying to cautiously approach, he unfortunately has a slip of the foot and steps on a very dry branch that then cracks under his foot very loudly. Mm. Uh, and it interrupts the singer. The singer stops 
and you can almost feel like a wave of apprehension ahead of you that you've you've unnerved whoever was singing, and then you hear a female voice say, "Hello, who's there?" Oh, oh, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't I do uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just do you go forward to approach the voice? Yes, yeah. Uh, with with hands raised, though, like... Okay, like, like in, bucket in one hand, hand up the other way. Right, just to kind of, okay. as a passive, like, nonverbal communication of, like, I'm just, I'm not here to hurt you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just here to listen. Sure. Uh, as you come out of the, out of the, the brush with your hands raised, you see a, a young woman. She has um, pale pinkish skin and bright pink hair. She has a large, like, kind of ratty-looking cloak, like she might have made it or found it, like, made it out of bits of different things she found. It's Mm -hmm. more dark-colored, so it might be older. It could have even been something that was handed down to her. Um, But that's the only thing she seems to be wearing, is this dark-colored cloak that's just covering her entirety. You can see her feet and her legs that are bare. Mm -hmm. And she has some, like, like white flowers growing out of her hair. Um, she, She kind of looks like an Aladdin like yourself. Oh, okay. And she has very interesting, like, gray-white eyes. Uh, and she looks very startled by you. And she says, oh, oh, that's okay. I just come here to bathe sometimes. I didn't know anyone else was camping nearby. Oh, yeah, it's... Uh, no no need to be alarmed. It's nobody... Me nor my parents are here to harm anyone. We just... We're just trying to live. Um, can you please... Can you please start singing again? I was that was quite quite an enrapturing tune. Well, I'm happy to sing, but to whom is my audience? Oh, I am sorry. I am I am truly sorry. I I forget myself sometimes. I am I am Sersha. Sersha. What a pretty name. She kind of approaches you slowly, puts a hand to your face, like she's checking you out, like hmm. making sure you're real. Because <laughs> it's the Feywild, so Fair some enough. weird things happen. Okay. Uh, as she touches you, though, mm-hmm. you feel her hand is extremely cold, and you're not sure if it's from the water. Uh, and as she touches you, uh, her eyes kind of roll back into her head. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts speaking in that language that sounds beautiful, but now also mm-hmm. has kind of a menace to it. Oh. And she kind of grabs the back of your neck. Like, not like... Uh, to hurt you, but almost like to make you stay there. Like when you scruff a kitten. Right, right. <laughs> and she starts speaking these words. I'm going to need you to give me a perception check again. Perception check? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not bad. What's Ooh, I, I didn't even have to look at my bonus last time because I critted, but mm-hmm. my perception is actually real high, which is nice. Um, so 14 on the die plus 7. So we're looking at uh, twenty. Yeah. Okay, I, I can, beautiful. I can see everything. <laughs> you can. You can see the, that the water in front of you, like, in the brook starts to, like, ripple. Oh. Like, okay. as if it's bouncing, as if some great animal is running towards you. Mm-hmm. And all the trees around you start to bend. Small creatures start coming out of the earth. Like smaller fae, like lesser fae, start coming out of the or- earth and like mm. staring menacing at you as this woman like starts saying something in a language you can't understand with her eyes rolled back. Mm-hmm. And she starts to grin at you in a very uh, perturbing sort of way. All the trees start to sway towards her. Like all the pinks and whites of the flowers start kind of swirling around you. And in a tree closest to you, as this woman is speaking in a language you don't understand, Common words start being carved into the wood bark. Oh. And you read, Field of grain, lulled by sleep. Unclean child, this curse shall keep. A sin from kin has caused disgrace. Forever shall you move your place. Season broken, weave undone. Mend the bond, restore the sun. And you feel a coldness suddenly come over your whole body. A coldness like you've never experienced and a sense of dread. A dread that you've never experienced either. You don't know why you're dreading this. This woman just a minute ago seemed totally harmless. Uh, but you see these words carved into the tree. And from behind you, uh, you hear your father's voice shouting for you in a panic. Um, I'm, uh... 
uh, that that for sure was not the same song you were singing earlier. I think I have to go. And I, I just kind of grab her arm and try to like shove it off me and run it into the other direction towards my father's voice. She lets you go. She drops her arms as you start to run towards your father. And you hear her laughing in a manic sort of way. Mm. And you hear her voice go from the soft, sweet young woman's voice to that of a crone. (laughs) (laughs) You turn and start running towards your father. You see his arms outstretched towards you. But just before you make it to him, you disappear. The world around you seems to ripple. As you take a step, the ground seems to suck up your foot like quicksand and flings you into this cold, strange, dark place. You have used your face step before. This is not what that feels like. Mm. This is cold and dark and vaguely terrifying. I'm going to need you to roll me a d6, please. One d6. And I'm going to have you roll it three times if you... Roll a double, roll again. Okay. All right. I got a six. Oh, that's a double. Uh, six, a three. That's a double. <laughs> Wait, that's a triple? <laughs> there we go. A six, a three, and a two. Okay. So as you get sucked into this darkness, in your ears, you almost hear like a, like a humming sound. And you've never experienced this before, but you swear you taste blue and you didn't know that was a thing. Hmm. And you open your eyes with like a gasp and you find yourself in a long, dark stone hallway to your left ahead of you. You can see on the floor uh, the colors of fire as if through that open doorway, there's a fire going Hmm. and you can kind of hear it crackling and you can kind of vaguely hear voices. Give me a perception check. Okay. Come on. Perception's been good this this session. Mm-hmm. Ah, I guess it, I guess it, there was, it was bound to be Did you jinx yourself? <laughs> yeah, I did. I straight up jinxed myself. So there was a three on the die plus seven, so ten. Okay, that's enough to hear that there are voices ahead of you coming from that room where the, the light is being cast from a doorway. Mm-hmm. But this is an unusual place. Uh, there aren't any trees. It's It's all... Like stone and marble. The hallway itself looks like a checkered marble, like black and white kind of floor. The the walls seem like they might be painted black or they're made of a very dark wood with like um like a crisscrossy kind of paneling all the way up to a very tall ceiling. Like if you look up, the ceiling itself looks black because of how far away it is and how dim it is in this hallway. Oh, wow, okay. So the only just to clarify, the only opening that I see in this area is that one door that there's a fire and noises coming from, or voices. Yeah, I mean, if you look to your right, it looks like it's a dead end on that side of the hallway where there's just more closed doors. But that's the only door that is currently open. Mm Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Father? Mother? Do you say that very loudly? No, no, I'm just, I'm trying to be very, I I hear the voices, so I'm trying to be, you know, at least a little bit quiet. Okay. Uh, Sersha, after not getting a response back, um, stands up. I assume after a trip like that, he's probably on his ass. Probably. Um, yeah. So gets to his feet and kind of, you know, checks his person first to make sure that he has his cloak. Mm-hmm. And yeah, anything you had on you, you have on you still. Okay, good. And then so including the bucket somehow. The is the bucket? Does there still water in the bucket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he he's sloshes on the floor a little bit as you panic. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, he's he's gonna grab the bucket and he's just gonna slowly approach the opening and try to peek around the corner to see if he can figure okay. out. Okay, are you trying to be quiet is. about it? Yeah, absolutely. Give me a stealth roll, please. <laughs> okay, let's hope this one goes a little bit better than the last one. Nope. <laughs> oh, oh, what man. did you get? Sersha is not the quiet type. Um, that is an eight. Oh no, Sersha, no! Uh, the voices ahead of you cease talking. Was I able to pick anything up before, like, before they stopped talking? I'm sorry, remind me your three languages again. It's primordial. Uh, common, primordial, and elvish. Uh, again, it's a language you don't recognize. It's very guttural. It's not the same beautiful language you heard in the Feywild. Almost like growls. 
Okay. Um, pretty unnerving. And all of the, I mean, there are four distinct different growling voices, but mm-hmm. they're all like growling. And some of them are like lilting and ominous, almost like a dark choir singing. And as you start to approach, you once again kind of conk the bucket you're holding into the wall. And a bunch of water splashes out and makes a large, like, whoosh across these stone floors. And all the voices in the room ahead of you stop. Then you hear one voice in a language you can't understand say something in a very guttural way that sounds angry as all shit. Oh. And... <laughs> and I start backing that, away from the door. You start backing away from the door. Yeah. From that door, you see um, three or four tiny demonic looking creatures start skittering their way towards you their tiny fangs bared hissing and shouting at you in a language you can't understand (laughs) what does Sersha do (laughs) so this is I don't think this is something that Sersha does like voluntarily um, Mm -hmm. but it's just something that's been built into him like yes his parents have been able to kind of keep him safe uh, you know for the first you know, 30 or some odd years of his life. Um, sure. But they have also, they have also taught him just like basic instinctual survival skills. Yeah. Um, so I think when he is kind of presented with these creatures, his, his like, he almost involuntarily face steps. Okay. So, so Sersha essentially, what does that look like for Sersha when he involuntarily face steps? Um, well, so because he's a spring Eladrin and has always been a spring Eladrin, Mm-hmm. Uh, his face step is specific to that season. So um, w- what I like to uh, kind of see it as is, um, you know, like, I don't know if you watch a lot of like the um, like Naruto, like anime yeah. stuff. Yeah, oh, they, I watch a lot of anime. Yes. Yeah. You know, where they where they do the, the disappear and like there's just like a log sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just, it's kind of like that. Behind? But, yeah, it's kind of like that, but minus the log. So there's like yeah. a lot of wind and leaves in the area. Okay. But sure. he's gone. So it's just like okay. a sudden gust of wind and he okay. just disappears. And the only thing that's left is like leaves and okay. uh, the remnants of the wind being bl- blown. Okay. Am I correct in my understanding that usually the face step will take you to the Fey Wild? Uh, so, yes. So the way okay. that face step works is, um, you know, it, it is only supposed to send you like, what is it, like 60 feet or something? Yeah, it's something a certain, like it's, that. Yeah, but... Sure. Um, in order to get there, you essentially jump into the Fey Wild and then jump, and then jump back out, out the other side. Yeah. Sure. So uh, you involuntarily faced up. Uh, behind you was a swirling leaves, small gusts. As you start to disappear, you hear these creatures getting closer, lunging, starting to try and bite. And poof, you're out of their jaws. And as you. Uh, start to feel relief that's immediately washed away as uh, you find yourself not in the familiarity of the Feywild, but uh, surrounded by a a fog-filled space. It gives you the sense of like an ocean, but you're not sure where that ocean is. It almost feels like when the fog rolls in over over a beach. Okay. Uh, it gives you a sense of a place with great swirling depth, but you can only really see the movement of fog. Uh, and they're all kind of colorful, like in different pastels, like swirling around you. Huh. Um, uh, immediately, be- again, because he's a spring Eldrin, uh one of the magics that he's kind of focused his attention on is the ones that he closely ties to spring, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of being like wind being one of those. Mm-hmm. Um He's going to use gust. Okay. And he's going to try to attempt to kind of disperse the fog in the area so he can kind of get a better idea of you know, where he's at. Sure. What's the radius on that? I can push things up to 10 feet away. Okay. So we'll say that you clear about 10 feet of space. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that 10 feet of space, um, give me a perception roll. Sorry, a lot of perception rolls in this one. <laughs> That's fine. That's cool. That's as long as we stop with the stealth rolls, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so seventeen plus seven, we're looking at a twenty-four. Wow. Uh, yeah. So immediately as you clear it, you see um, a humanoid older man's head poking through like an open hole in the mm-hmm. space. Uh, he's got spiky white hair, and he's kind of got like a dribble of drool coming out of the corner of his mouth. 
and he sees you, and he looks, like, nonplussed, and he just goes, nope, this isn't the right one, and then pulls his head back through that portal, and you see kind of last second, as the as this little opening is starting to close, you see a younger boy stick his head in, he's got, like, brown hair, and mm-hmm. he's wearing a yellow shirt, and he kind of, like, looks through and goes, what are you, uh, uh, and as it starts closing, it starts smushing his face, and then it closes, then they're both gone. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Is, I'm sorry. Is that a Rick and Morty it reference? Sure is. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, is that all he sees? <laughs> That's all he sees. The rest is just swirling mist around you. <laughs> okay. Um, and so once, once you clear it and that man is gone, the mist just seems to come back. Okay. So he, at this point, um, Sersha is just going to try to kind of make his way through the fog. But since Gust is a cantrip, you know, he, he can kind of continuously cast it. Sure. Um, it's really strange so, because... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so I was just going to say as he's walking through it, he's just using Gus to kind of try to clear the area ahead of him as best as he can so he doesn't walk face first into um, Rick and Morty. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really strange because no matter how many times you clear it, the mist comes back. It always comes back in kind of a different color. There are different colors depending on what direction you're looking at. Mm. Um, Your feet kind of feel like you hear the sound as if you're splashing through water, but your feet never get wet. Hmm. Um, and it's a really strange place, and you wander and wander and wander, but you don't encounter any other people. If this occurs for more than just like a few minutes, yeah, um, then Sersha is just gonna kind of, and this time a little bit more loudly, uh, the, father, mother, kind of scream into the void. So you call father, mother, and for a second you swear, for a second you swear you hear them. As if from a great distance. I sprint in that direction. And as you start to run, you feel that same pulling feeling that you felt when you were back by the river with that strange woman. And darkness kind of consumes you. Your body is coated with, with like, goosebumps. All the hairs in the back of your neck raise. And you're pulled as if from the center of your belly button. And the sound of your parents' voice kind of echo in your ears. But you're pulled in a different direction. And... As the darkness clears from your eyes again, this time you arrive in a bright gray void. It's a barren place of other dimensional nothingness. That's the only way you can really describe. Um, Give me a perception roll again. Okay. Uh, Nine plus seven, 16. You start to hear voices, like grumbling voices, um, coming from just ahead of you. And as you look kind of off in the distance... You see the the figures of um, five giant humanoid people standing around a really bizarrely small-looking table comparatively. <laughs> do, do you get closer? I, so at this point, uh, Sersha has quickly learned that um, not everyone around him is an ally. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he is going to, instead of stealthily approach, see if he can find any kind of cover. So he's just not out in the open? I guess roll me perception. It Okay. <laughs> 17 plus 7? 24? You find a large painted humanoid s- statue, for lack of a better description. When okay. you touch it, though, it doesn't feel like stone. It's just really big. What, is it, what does it feel like? It feels like plastic. Oh, uh, for you and I, it would feel like plastic, but right. you wouldn't know what it was. It he doesn't was, know what plastic it'd, it'd is. It'd feel okay. very cool and smooth and right. strange to the touch. Like, it feels false, but you're uh-huh. not sure why. Uh, so it's it's probably about six feet tall compared to you, I guess. Six feet taller okay. than you. Six feet taller <laughs> than me? So like two yeah. two of me, essentially? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it looks like it's a, it looks like it's a um, orcish... A uh, type person holding a shield and a sword as if posed for battle, but it's clearly not real. Um, is, is, if I make my way behind that statue so I can kind of break line of sight, 
am I close enough to be able to like maybe hear what they're saying if they're communicating or yeah as you hide you can hear the sound of stones being thrown on the table and they all appear to be rolling these large stone dice on this table and from your perspective you can hear like tiny voices as if in battle and you can kind of see the movement of tiny humanoids on the table having a battle as they roll these massive dice Oh. And the and the giant figures around them uh, appear to be having a very good time talking to each other, laughing. Um, but their voices are um, almost far away, as if they're too mm-hmm. high up for you to hear what they're saying. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't know if you've been able to pick that up on this uh, up until this point, but Sersha is a bit naive. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, because of how uh, accepting and how kind and how supportive his parents were, uh, he doesn't know a whole lot about the outside world. Um, so when he starts hearing laughter, uh, he immediately attributes that to uh, enjoyment and happiness and not, you know, things that he should be scared of. Mm-hmm. So because of what he's currently kind of already experienced up until this point, it's a very welcoming sound. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to be a part of it. Okay. So Sersha, once he hears the laughter and the enjoyment, kind of walks from behind the statue and approaches the table and tr- tries to communicate. Like, I know he probably okay. doesn't understand the language that they're speaking, yeah. but... Yeah, you realize you're essentially standing next to the foot of a giant. And above you is, is a table, though from a distance it looked dwarfed, it's much bigger than you. It's just much right. smaller than them as well. Right. <laughs> What are you saying to try and get their attention, or what are you doing to try and get their um, attention? How how high do I come up to them? You're probably up to their ankle. They're, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. Um, <laughs> uh, I immediately regret this decision. Uh, I'm going to... <laughs> I'm going to... Uh, I mean, I have to follow through now, right? So um, I'm going to... I'm going to kind of like poke at the closest You're gonna poke the leg? foot, like at the ankle okay. that I can sure. reach. And then uh. if I get his attention, I'm just going to try to wave and smile jo- jovially as jo- <laughs> as um, as happy as I possibly can. Okay. <laughs> Can't even get the word out right now. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so uh, you tap the leg and the giant looks down. I'm just waving like a fucking idiot. <laughs> he has He has two eyes. He sees you waving and he goes... Um, you, you hear, you can hear him better because he starts to lean down towards you and he says, oh, we dropped a mini. And like, oh, oh no, I'm, I'm <laughs> And he mini. picks uh, you up very gently. Oh. He picks you up oh, like by oh, the, okay. by the scruff of your collar and kind of puts you in, in his big fuck off hand. Okay. Carefully, like tenderly almost. And he brings you up. So you're eye level with the rest of these giants. There are about five of them standing around the table. They're all kind of vaguely humanoid looking. Um, you know, they all look kind of different as individuals do, uh-huh. but they're just fucking enormous and they're all yeah. rolling these big stone dice below you. You can see there's like a map and there's a bunch of other humanoids like you oh. having some sort of like pretend battle. Oh, okay. And they pick you up and they say, here you go. We'll put you back with the others. And they insert you directly into the fray. <laughs> oh, oh, um, I need, uh- but I, I can obviously I can understand them. So they're speaking common. Or? They're speaking common. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, th- this this all seems like a lot of good f- fun, sir. But I I have no pretend weapon to pretend fight with. So one of the one of the giants can kind of hear you being like, and leans down like so his eye is almost at the table, and he tilts his head kind of to the right, so you're almost in his big fuck off ear, <laughs> so he can hear you. And he goes, this one needs weapons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and one of the men, uh, one of the like tiny other people around you, and there's all different types of people here with you. There are elves, there are dwarves, there are orcs, there are um, humanoids, there are uh, monster-type creatures, people you've never encountered before. And they oh. all, uh, one of them kind of throws you a little foam sword. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, um, and, so I and, actually have um, proficiency with like 
like a, a rapier? Can we, okay. can we yeah, count we this can as use a rapier? That. We'll use it, yes. A little, okay. Yeah, because it's fake. It's for funsies. Okay. Um, <laughs> just, I need to, just in case I need to fake stab someone. <laughs> right. And uh, a tiefling nearby you looks at you and says, just watch out for the dice. The, I'm sorry, the, the dice? And as he says that, give me another perception roll. Okay. Uh, that is a 12 plus 7, 19. That is definitely enough to see an enormous rock <laughs> that has cut sides to look like a 20-sided dice falling towards you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Onto uh, you and the people around you. I'm going to give you need, need you to give me a deck saving throw. Cool. Um, before, is the tiefling close enough? For me to, like, physically touch him? Uh, yeah, he is. And you have to let me know if I'm allowed to do this, because I know I already face-stepped once, but and I have to short rest in order to use it again. But um, as a... You know what? We a, can say that as you travel through different dimensions, because you're inert and almost sleeping, that that counts as a short rest. Okay, cool. So I'm going to uh, touch the tiefling, and I'm going to use specifically the spring edition <laughs> of the face-step, which allows me to touch one willing creature within five feet of you, that creature teleports instead of me. Okay. So I'm going to try to teleport the tiefling out of the way, and then I'm just going to turn around and just jump out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so he doesn't know what's happening. So as you touch him, he looks disgusted, but also ner- Like As you touch him, he looks nervous, like, what the fuck are you doing? He sees the rock coming. He actually, instead of allowing himself to be teleported, he shoves you out of the way. Oh, you okay. You skid, and he mm-hmm. is crushed. Oh! <laughs> like a bug. My God. Because <laughs> uh, he didn't understand what you were doing. He's probably never encountered a fae. Oh. But he didn't want you to die. That's, well, oh my God. <laughs> uh, you hear the screams of people as they're being crushed or like partially crushed by this, this stone dice. Uh, and in that moment, like, as you're falling backwards, uh, you have another moment where you feel, uh, like you can hear your parents' voice. Like you can hear them calling for you. And then you feel that hook behind your belly button again. And you begin to be pulled back into that awful darkness once again. When you I try to, I try to fight it this time because I kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm used to this feeling now. This has happened yeah. to me. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to like specifically fight it and use okay. my parents' voice as like guidance to try to like. Give me a constitution save. Okay. Uh, 16 plus five, that is a 21. Uh, you fight it. You're trying real hard and you swear for a second as your hand reaches out, you see your mother's hand. Blue reaching, she tries to grip you, but as she tries, the pull only gets stronger. You hear her scream. You see her fingers fall off bloodily as this portal closes violently. And you wake up in an area covered with green. You can hear sounds of a jungle. It's very humid here. And you can feel the ground beneath you rumbling as if a large creature is walking around. Um, I'm, am I already on the ground? You're sitting on the ground on dirt. There's lots okay. of plants. You can hear um, tropical birds kind of calling. You can hear something roaring in the distance. Uh, and you can hear almost like a strange lowing kind of sound. Uh, the, all, the, all the hairs in your arms stand up, though, because this area feels... Like, magic gone wrong. Like, you swear you can feel the Feywild here, but it's wrong somehow. All right, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to immediately try to hide, uh, try to find, you know, as much shrubbery as I can to kind of bury myself in. Okay, give me a stealth roll. Uh, there's plenty of shrubbery around, so that's not an issue to find the shrubbery. Okay, cool. Thank God. <laughs> uh, 18 plus 4, 22. Oh yeah, you are hidden. Uh, you managed to hide um, behind a very thick uh, overgrowth of like palm fronds. It's like a miniature fat palm tree. You know the ones I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, you kind of see them in pictures of like prehistory plants. <laughs> right. Um, and speaking of prehistory, coming around the corner is a very large animal with uh, shield-like spines all, all along its back and head and tail. 
It's okay. enormous. It's not as big as the giants you just encountered, but it's one of the largest creatures you've ever seen. It has a very small head, and at the end of its tail it has four spikes. It appears to be eating grass and like other plant life around it. Uh, it's making like a wah kind of sound as it as it eats plants okay. <laughs> and kind of just stomples around you. You can see it has a baby with it, mm-hmm. uh, and they just appear to be some kind of a very large, very armored herbivore. One, as soon as Sersha is able to kind of like verify that he's at least temporarily safe <laughs> and that nothing <laughs> is immediately trying to kill him, um, he immediately takes a minute to realize what just happened, like the current events and that his like his mom is injured now. Yeah. And he's he's kind of like trying to process all of this and freaking out a little bit. And he's kind of dealing with all these emotions that he quite honestly up until this point in his life has never experienced before. Mm-hmm. Like fear and sadness and worry and like anxiety and like he's just he's never had to worry about any of this before because it's always just been happiness with his parents like everything's always kind of been almost a game right and the re the reality of the situation is finally starting to kind of settle in yeah it's pretty intense (laughs) yeah and just just incrementally just very incrementally uh search's skin hair and eyes kind of fade a little bit they're a little less green Specifically, uh, it's starting to kind of tilt a little bit more towards like a blue green, mm-hmm. but they're still they're still green, just like more of a blue green now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, once and then, uh, you know, after he's done freaking out, <laughs> um, he kind of like remembers what his dad taught him and how to like always stay focused and always look forward and don't ever look behind you. Just survive. That was always the the lesson that his father always taught him. So he's going to. Try to regather his strength and, um, I guess try to kind of look around his surroundings as he kind of darts from shrubbery to shrubbery, stays, try to stay hidden and quiet as much as he can because he doesn't want to upset the large beast. <laughs> but he's also going to try to explore a little bit more to try to f- see if he can figure out where he is so he can get back to his parents. Sure. And I think this is the perfect place to uh, initiate a skills challenge. Uh, so as you start exploring the island, you're going to encounter different creatures, you're going to encounter different magics, and you're going to encounter different situations that Sersha has never encountered before. The way that a 1v1 skill challenge works is, um, uh, you just can't double down on the same skill every time. Sure. Uh, you have to at least use one or the other. Um, but I, I will allow you to use, like, your best skills, describe to me what you're doing. I have one outcome for a success and one for a failure. Uh, so initially, you're sneaking around this island. You kind of start encountering, like, essentially that you notice that there's a whole herd of these stegosaurus, these mm-hmm. these massive, you know, planted dinosaur creatures, and their their calves. They're grazing on a large uh, portion of like hilly land that you find yourself on, and that's the first thing that you're going to encounter. So, uh, in a skills challenge, what is Sersha doing? Uh, again, just sticking with the same plan. These things are large, which mm-hmm. means he's not going to try to do anything to, ag- to kind of make them aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to do his best to try to stay as hidden as possible while trying to get as far away from these large beings. So that would be a stealth check. Uh-huh. Uh, that, oh, ooh, okay. That's uh, 18 plus 4, 22. That will be a success. Woo! Uh, and for this one, I'm not going to tell you how many successes you need. <laughs> ah, okay. Sorry. Keeps That's the suspense okay. more fun. Yeah, I like surprises. <laughs> am, I, am, I too, too, am I to assume that it's the standard three failures? Yes, we, we, can, we can assume that the standard three failures is still in play. Okay, okay. So question mark number of successes against right. three failures. Got right. it. Right, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because it's exciting. Woohoo. Um, <laughs> woohoo. Okay. So that is one success. You managed to kind of stealthily poke your way around uh, this family of Stegosaurus that are grazing happily and contentedly in the sun. Uh, they don't seem perturbed by you. At some point, a baby actually kind of curiously boops you with its snoot as it's grazing because you happen to be in a bush <laughs> that it's in. Okay. Uh, and it just kind of stares at you with big eyes and goes, <laughs> I just, I just stare back and I try to mimic it. It it boops your snoot again and then leaves peacefully. <laughs> god, thank god. Oh god. Oh. 
Okay. <laughs> and that is a success. So you manage to kind of creep your way um, towards what appears to be a uh, river, a waterfall, and a cave. Uh, all, all the hairs on your arms are kind of sticking up because this area feels very heavy with magic, but you can't identify why. Okay, uh, I'm going to use my arcana skills then to try to figure out what this magical oppression is and maybe try to identify it. Sure. Um, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a crit fail. Let me roll the fail scale for you. <laughs> that's, that's a one. Oh, no. Okay. Good news is it was only a 22 on the fail scale. <laughs> oh, good. So it's not that bad. So I only had a minor magical aneurysm. Right. Uh, this magic uh, is actually, in fact, so convoluted and from so many different sources that all mm. seem like they're crossed over and that you can't even identify and separate what the magic is coming from or where or why. Like, you swear you get feelings of the Feywild, but then there's other darker stuff here that you can't identify and then something else that has to do with the sort of magic that you've never encountered before. For a second, you taste blue and you feel momentarily nauseous. Uh, <laughs> give me a constitution save. Is um, is Sersha going on an acid trip? Is that did he eat kind some of, bad shrooms? Is that what yeah, this is? It's, this whole thing it's is a just little a... weird and trippy. Like you try to figure out what this magic is, and it just fucks you up. <laughs> uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> oh no! Uh, that's a nine. You throw up. <laughs> oh, okay. You I just got magical vertigo. Ill. Yeah, essentially, that's yeah. really basically the best way to describe it is it was so okay. much and too much that you've never encountered before that you just bleh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. So it's just basically oh. you throwing up rainbows next to a cave in a waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an awesome metal album cover. <laughs> oh. All right, so that didn't go well, but you're still standing there next to the, the cave, the waterfall, and the sensation of strange magic uh, that just permeates this place. What are you doing? Um, well, the Arcana check didn't do it. So, um, I, I mean, I guess if I can't see magically, um, I'm going to try to see materialistically. <laughs> you know, okay, like are you going to like try physical. to perceive what might be the yes. magical source? Okay. Or, yeah, or just or just perceive my surroundings and see if anything immediately stands out that might be producing this kind of like sickness, this magical illness. Sir, uh, <laughs> give me a perception roll and let's see how that goes. Okay, there we go. 19 plus 7, 26. That is absolutely a success. Uh, you start looking around and your attention feels pulled towards the cave. Mm -hmm. And as you look at the cave, you notice that there's some strange creature hanging from the cave, almost like it's pretending to be a stalagmite, uh, or a stalactite, rather, because they hang from the top. Uh, you suddenly see it move as it realizes it notices you. It looks like mm -hmm. a fucked-up octopus with webs between its arms, okay. and it lets go of the ceiling and starts scrambling towards you hungrily. Oh god, oh god, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you playing the home game, this is a dark mantle. <laughs> oh, good. Um, so, uh, again, it, it's coming from the cave towards me. Yes. Okay, so the cave is behind it. Yes. Okay, um, and in the surrounding area, other than just the cave, and there's then a obviously cave, the... There's a cave, there's a waterfall, and then there's more jungle. In the far distance, okay. you can also see, like, a beach sort of situation. Okay, so s since the jungle is kind of where Sertia is, feels at home, growing up in the Feywild, he's, he's used to that kind of surroundings, he's going to just immediately book it towards the jungle area. Mm -hmm. um, opposite the direction he came, though, so he's still making some type of progress, just in a different direction, right? Mm -hmm. um, and he's going to use his survival skills to attempt to uh, leave as little amount of tracks as he possibly can, you know, use leaves to cover up his 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 escape. As, as um, you're escaping, you're using your survival skills to get away from this predator. Right. To, okay. Yeah, it's my, un my yeah. understanding of the jungle to get away from this thing. Yeah, as quickly I'll let as you ro roll a survival for that, please. Okay, cool. Ooh, okay, 11 plus 7, 18. That will also be a success. 
and you essentially scramble up like a big fuck off palm tree. And this oh, thing and this thing like doesn't seem to like the forest. So like it comes out of the woods, you like scramble towards a palm tree and kind of like hide yourself as best you can. You get really still, you like coat yourself in bark or some shit. Yeah. And you and you uh and you are very still and you watch this thing get to the edge of where the water slash cave area meets the darkness of the forest and it kind of like puts some tentacles forward but then gets pissed off like makes like a hissing sound you see a lot of its teeth kind of glisten angrily almost insectoid like and then it scrambles back towards the cave slowly okay (laughs) um so i'm at a i'm at a decent height yes okay if if possible, I'd like to use my height advantage to maybe do another perception check so I can kind of see what's going on around me now that I'm at an elevated position. Yeah, please do. 10 plus 7, 17. Yeah, that's absolutely a success. And that is what you needed in order to succeed on this skills check. So you Ooh. look all around you and approaching from uh, essentially across the river uh, is this strange... Uh, animal-like creature. It almost looks wolfine-like in its body. It's a creature that you've never actually seen in person, but you recognize because it's a fey-type creature, and they're dangerous. It has a human's face uh, and a dog-wolf-like body. It's dark-colored, and it's sniffing all around the area you just were. Oh. It makes a howling, snarling sound as it appears to pick up your scent. Oh, uh, and starts heading your way. There's a moment where you're panicking and you're like, "Oh shit!" There's this yef hound fucking coming after me right now, and I don't know what to do. And I'm trapped here and I'm scared and I don't know where my parents are. And for a moment, there's like a second where you have this bizarre sense of calm that you haven't had this whole time. It almost feels like someone has like embraced you gently, and you hear a voice in the back of your head say. Trust me, we'll get you home. And then you have a sensation like you're being pulled again. Is it the same kind of sense, like cold? No, this time it's almost a warm sensation, like sitting in a in a bubble bath. Ooh. Uh, it's a warmer sensation, and it almost feels like motherly. And you're not sure where you're going, but you know that whatever is about to happen, someone is looking out for you even though someone else is after you. And you're not sure where you're going to come out next, but you're a little hopeful. And that is where we're going to end Sersha slash Shift's background adventure. Thank you for tuning in to Standard Array. Help our show grow by leaving us a review on your podcast player of choice and sharing us with your friends, players, and DMs. Also, please make sure to follow us on social media or on our Discord server for our next adventure. Links are in this episode's description. 